Hey there, I'm Tiffany Youngren, owner of OMH Agency, and welcome to Breakaway Agent. In a world full of real estate pros struggling to get ahead, there are a few who emerge and become wildly successful. If you are working to become one of these breakaway agents, this show is for you. Thank you so much for listening. And even if you just get one thing out of this episode that helps your business grow, that is a huge win. Hopefully you'll get a few nuggets though to get you help you move forward. Today, I'm really excited to welcome Corey Hasting of Engel & Volkers, Florida. He's a master licensed partner of Engel & Volkers US Holdings, Inc. in Jacksonville Beach, Florida. Thank you so much and welcome, Corey. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Of course. I'm really excited to hear what you're doing. So why don't you tell us about yourself and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I am the broker owner of Ingle Volkers Jacksonville Beach here in Jacksonville Beach, Florida. Um, I We opened April 30th of 2018. Um, I was formerly um, with Kevin Williams before that for five or six years. And I saw an opportunity to bring Ingle Volkers and the great company here to our local market. And everything just kind of really aligned with itself and did a really good job. And then since opening, um, we have about 20 advisors who on paper sell between 150 and 180 million. So we've, we've really kind of got our own niche in the market um, with different recruiting tools that we do with bringing on really experienced agents. Um, we're really, really exclusive on who we have inside of our organization. And I think that's really allowed us to tap into this very local market with a non-local company, which oh. has been really important. Yeah, yeah, that's really awesome. So, I mean, can you tell us a little bit about about your recruiting without, you know, giving away, you know, too much or if you, however much you want to share and contribute, um, just... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think the biggest you. thing for us is we just have a very... Um, systematic approaches that we do. Um, I think a lot of times people recruit just like throwing stuff at the wall and see what sticks. And then we just don't do that. So what we try and do is we try to have systematic things in place to where, you know, if we're calling the recruit or if we're calling a certain agent, there's a reason for it. Um, because, you know, we do a lot of different trip mail, email campaigns, and then we can kind of track the back end system, who opens what, when they open, how many times they open, how many times they share, um, everything. And we try to kind of take that information to kind of use it as our leverage. Um, either myself or my recruiter will then call that person who opened it more than multiple times. Um, because I always tell everybody, you know, if you're opening things more than three or four times, there's a reason for it. So we do that and we kind of take that into consideration. Um, but a lot of, to be honest with you, is our organic growth. Um, mm -hmm. We've been very blessed with having a great roster of agents and advisors that have influence in the market. And other people want to know why this person that was at X brokerage for 20 years left and brand started to you know, join this brand new company. Um, and so word of mouth for us is really, really, really important. Um, and that's what really, I think, has really set us apart is because out of the 20, I would say myself or the recruiter has probably gotten six to seven. Everybody else has came word of mouth, either by referral from one of our other advisors or... They reached out to one of my advisors on social media and just said, hey, I saw that you guys are doing a lot of great things. Can you put me in touch with Corey? Whatever it may be. Um, what, what's awesome about our brand and our brokerage is you know, culture comes first. That's the number one thing that we recruit off of. doesn't matter your production. doesn't matter about this. doesn't matter about that. If you don't have the right culture, then it's not a good fit. And I think all of our advisors who are with our company take a lot of extreme pride in that. 
And so it, even if they think the person might be a fit because of production, they'll tell me straight up, Corey, don't do it. Like I know them personally because of X, Y, and Z, they won't fit. And so even though we have 20, I would say if we didn't have the criteria that we have, which I'll cover in a minute, we'd probably have between 60 and 65 agents, believe it or not. We turn down quite a number of people just because we want to be the exclusive shop in town. Um, you know, Ingle Volkers is such an amazing brand that's really not built for everybody. Um, you know, it kind of takes the top tier, you know, seasoned agent to really appreciate it and everything that we actually offer. So, you know, we recruit off culture. And then our second criteria we have is once the culture fits, they have to sell $3 million or more per year in production, which in our local markets, probably in the top, that puts you in the top 13 to 15%, depending on the various year. Um, and then, so that's number two criteria. Number three is just the abilities to learn new tools and trades. Just because Ingle Volkers is such a high, not I wouldn't say high end, but such a high technology company that you kind of have to be able to work a mobile app. You kind of have to be able to work different marketing pieces and stuff because um, you know our head, our United States headquarters is is headquartered on Madison Avenue, New York City. Mm. We're ran like a big city brokerage, and so that's what I think allows us to really differentiate ourselves from other brokerages here locally because Jacksonville really never had something similar to what we are here. And I think that's why a lot of really big seasoned agents, but also the customers have really appreciated it. Just kind of that high-end touch. Yeah. I mean, because you know we cater to every price point. So you know, every house is a mansion to us. It doesn't matter what the price point is. But at the same time, you're going to get the luxury service for every price point. And I think that's really, really important. Because you know you see all these other companies who are starting these global luxury divisions, or they're having these luxury divisions over five hundred or seven hundred thousand dollar price. Well, for us, every home's a mansion. Doesn't matter what the price point is, but it's about the customer service, and that's why locally we talk about premium customer service one one to one with our branding. And so that to us is really really important. We say all the time, doesn't matter if it's the thousand dollar vacant lot or if it's the hundred million dollar oceanfront property, we're the brand for you. And mm. I think. That's it makes us different because no other brand locally can say that. That is really impressive. That is so cool. And I could see why clients are attracted to that kind of message. And I would think that higher end, you know, at any level, people would like to hear that, that everybody gets treated. I think because the thing is, is everybody wants to be valued in life. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and the person who has the $100,000 house, that house probably means more to them than the person who has the million dollar house. Mm -hmm. Ironically. And so they want to make sure that you know they're getting taken care of. They're not being overlooked. Um, and so when we tell our clients, you know, your house matters, and every home's a mansion to us. We really mean it. Mm. Uh, and I think that's like, yes, we have a high average price point, but it's also just because we care to the higher end. But we will never ever turn down business because you know my biggest philosophy is in our local market the average price point is about two thirty. Mm. So we're not dealing with like Miami or you know, these huge major markets that they can kind of pick prices. So in Jacksonville, you know, we wanted to care to everybody. We, we always want to be, you know, the premier service provider for real estate. That's awesome. Well, and I have to ask you too, with so many of your agents being referrals, what is it that attracts them to your office? Like, I, I hear you saying like, we have, you know, so many great things to offer, but like, what are some of those things that just really makes it compelling that they come to you? So Ingle Volkers on a national scale is probably, if not the, definitely one of the world's largest international brokerages for premier luxury properties. Um, like I said, but even though here locally, we just talk about premium customer service, but that allows us to have different marketing tools and different technologies that a lot of 
even bigger companies do not have. Mm. So when we get a listing, um, we can literally guarantee to the seller that they're going to get over 500 million views per month on their listings. So it's really strong. Our brand is really built on listings. Um, But on top of that, you know, our biggest slogan here locally is list local, sell global, because we have the highest level of syndications for Zillow and Murder.com. Uh, for any company in the whole entire city, which means that if any on any one of those platforms, if they ask for more information about our property, my advisor or that advisor gets the lead, not to somebody who's buying for the zip code or whatever else. So, you know, but also that's the local level of it. But also on the global scale, we have over 4,000 international syndications that we can put you on. And we're on over 38 different countries, you know, 900 shops around the world. So our globalness is really not matched anywhere in the world, but especially not here in our local market because we're really, there's a Sotheby's here and whatever else, but we're really the true first international brokerage to come here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's been tremendous just the outpouring that people have accepted us with. Well, and it seems too, like if you had something like that, like you're the first, you know, global uh, with that type of, um, you know, robust systems that they have, to yeah. offer that's one thing but it sounds like the results are what probably keeps that keeps people there absolutely i mean because the thing is you can promise people anything but if you're not selling or doing the, the right things that people will kind of see through the, the weeds let's say um and you know it just kind of comes back to um you know pricing the home accordingly being able to kind of leverage on what you think the market's worth we call ourselves advisors because we Nobody knows the market like we do because, like I said, every single one of my advisors are in the top 10% of the marketplace. Mm. When you have you know, 10,000, 11,000 agents here locally, that's really, really important. So you're dealing with people who have sold for 5, 6, 7, 20, 25 years in the same market and being in the top 100 to 500 agents every single season. Um, so that's extremely powerful. You know, If you're sitting down with a seller, um, like we have agents... We have advisors who finished in the top 15 in sales last year in the whole city. So if, if she's sitting down with you and saying your house is worth X, and I know that because of I've sold this property, I've this, I'm this, I'm that, a seller is more opt to believe her than the brand new agent right out of school that just thinks, oh, I, I priced it off Zillow. <coughs> Excuse me. So for us, it's just about having systems in place that make sense and having the seller kind of see why we price what we do. You know, we do everything price per square foot sold. Um, and we have a lot of different systems in place to kind of set ourselves up to succeed. That's awesome. And so now um, you may have said this, but how many people are on your team and working in your office? We have 20 selling agents, uh, selling advisors. We have a few different office staff and then a few of our, we have one decent sized team of four, but only really one sells. Um, so I would say we have, I think we have like 25 licenses, but only 20 actually selling advisors. Okay. And you are the leader, like you're the team leader. So you're not really in production because you're able to really focus on providing value to your team. It sounds like. Yeah. So my biggest job is to build brand awareness every single day. Um, and to also provide the systems and support that my advisors need to take their business to the next level. And that could be 20 different things to 20 different people. And that's my job to be there and our office manager's job to be there to really give them the tools that they never really had before in support or social media or print or whatever it may be um, that really allows them to focus on money producing activities and not just the back end system that everybody kind of dreads. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everybody, 
you know, everybody wants to sell 10 million or 20 million, but they don't have the work ethic nor the time a lot of times. Most of the time, it's because they don't have the time for it. Mm-hmm. So we really allow them through our systems to really focus on going on more listings, going on more buyers, showing more properties, and really focusing on generating money, which is okay. important. Yeah. Okay. And I have to ask, I've been kind of hearing you and listening to you. You are just like so passionate. And the things you're telling me is like right on. Like I love how you guys do things. It's really exciting. But I, I have to ask, like you're, you know, you're young, right? Yeah. I'm, so. I'm sorry. What was that? I'm 28. Okay, you're 28. So you have achieved, you know, quite quite a lot of success and you've built this, you know, you've built a tribe, you know, basically yeah. of people who are following your vision. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got to where you're at in you know, yeah. at the point in your life right now and what you think has really contributed to that success? Well, I think I think there's a number of things. Um, you know, I grew up I graduated high school at 17 um, and went to college. I played football at Ohio University. And then I was with uh, the Cincinnati Bengals for a year. So through athletics, I really learned leadership. I really learned accountability. I really learned a lot of different things that I think a true leader needs. Um, And, you know, still being the captain on multiple different levels and playing at the highest level, it really just allowed me for accountability. And so... And I've always been very, very goal-oriented. Um, I always joke with my team and with my family that when someone tells me no, it's like the biggest fire ever. <laughs> you know? um, and so when I actually moved to Jacksonville, I just got in cut from Cincinnati. And I moved here and I didn't know a single person other than my girlfriend at the time, now wife. Um, and I just kind of hit the ground running. I wanted a job that I could kind of make my own schedule, but also still work out because I had my agent telling me that they were going to get picked up and all these different stuff. And so I got into real estate. And so within about four months of going, I realized that football is no longer for me. And I wanted to do real estate full time because I was you know, having success at it. And so then my first year, I won rookie of the year with my company. Um, and you know, I always said that you know, the best, abil- best ability is availability. And so you just have to be available for your clients all the time. And I always said that nobody was going to outwork me. Mm. And so that kind of how I became a top 50 agent here multiple years in a row from not having a database of one to now having a database of four or 5,000 people. It's, you know, um, but then with that, and then I just kind of, I knew that if I could build this brand with the ideas behind it that I really wanted to incorporate, I knew I could get people to believe in what I was doing because the brand really, really speaks for itself. Um, you know, I was always looking to how for ways on how to take my business to the next level every single year, but I always felt like I, I couldn't find things to leverage besides other than myself, you know, where the best thing about Ingle Volkers is we allow you to leverage yourself along with our brand. And I think that's, it's the only company that I've ever seen that with through different tools we have, different enhancements we have, different marketing material we have, where the other companies... You know, I heard a saying one time, it said, if you're trying to brand yourself away from your company, then it's not the right company for you. <laughs> yeah. And you know, one of the things I love about Ingle Volkers is if you can walk into our shop here in Jacksonville Beach, you can walk into the Los Angeles shop, you can walk into the Capri Italy shop, doesn't matter where you are in the world, we're all the exact same. We're very unified. We're very centralized into who our corporate identity is. And with that, it allows us to leverage it worldwide because we're the same brand everywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. And I think it's extremely rare. And I think it's extremely powerful whenever you're talking about clients or this or that, or just brand identity in, in the first place. 
you know? And so I always knew that with the right team around me, with the right ideas, with the right everything, I knew I could build it the way that I wanted to build it with being very strict and different exclusive, the things we wanted to do. Um, and through just hard work, I think, you know, building, you know, we're on the news a lot here locally. We're in different magazines all the time. We're doing different things because the more brand awareness that I can build, the stronger our brand will be. And I knew going into it that one of the best ways and fastest ways to build brand awareness is to bring great seasoned agents on who already have the databases, who already have the listings, who already have these things. So the more signs in the yards we can get locally, people are just going to drive around and start seeing us, regardless if they know if we're a real estate company or not. All they need to do is Google us once mm-hmm. and, and they'll never see them like it's before. So it's just a matter of them getting to understand that Ingle Volkers is real estate. We'll never be the local um, real estate company when people think real estate. But if I, my biggest goal is I want people to think when they think real estate or when they think Ingle Volkers, they think we're a real estate company mm. because I think that's what really makes people different. And yeah. everything that we offer, it's unmatched. Yeah. Yeah. And, and quality. So it's real estate slash high quality, it sounds like. Yeah. Well, well, so kind of looking at your experience in, in football, um, you know, in, in a situation like that, I mean, you've got all eyes on you watching and waiting for you to succeed or fail. How do you think that that experience uh, shaped kind of how you work in real estate now and how you lead? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I mean, being, um, I wouldn't necessarily call high university a major program, but it's still a really big program. I mean, you're playing the best competition in the world. You're division one, you're doing all these, you're on ESPN all these times. Um, so it allows you to really be able to be on, you know, doing interviews or doing this and that. So you kind of shape yourself. You, you, then you're good in front of a camera, you're good in front of this, you're good in front of that. And you kind of just learn things along the ways. Um, but also, I think just being around great leaders in my life, um, you know, I had great coaches the whole time I was there. I had great captains when I was young and just really sitting back and seeing how they handle situations and seeing how they handle people. And because the thing is, is, you know, as the broker and as the leader of everything, you, you have to kind of, I think a great leader adapts to different people's personalities a great leader can, can walk into a room with 10 different people and connect to all 10 of them in one way, shape, or form in different ways. And I think it's really, really hard to do. But also at the same time, I think people are sometimes just gifted with the ability to connect with people. Um, and, and I think I'm one of those people that's just been blessed with the opportunity that if I walk into a room and different things, I can usually pick different things out that I'm going to have a connection with somebody. And I think it's important. Um, and what we try and do here is... Our biggest words are retention. You know, yes, recruiting is great and this and that, but if you never lose an agent, then you really don't have to replace anybody. And, and I think my biggest thing, whenever I was a top agent, like I worked for multiple companies, I worked for multiple brokers, I could, would kind of learn, you know, what I didn't like about this person, what I did like about what they did here. Oh, I wouldn't do this on my end. And so even though I'm young in age, um, I've been in this business for a long time and I know people. And so I knew that. You know, if, if I could just build a connection with my team and really focus on the retention part of it and making them feel valuable and making them feel like we really care about their business, because we do, um, that'll go a really long way. Because I think a brokers, a lot of times, their biggest issue is they actually forget what the brokerage is all about. And that's mm-hmm. the agent. Um, you know, because without the agents, you wouldn't have no brokerage. It's just like the, it's like the agent's business. Without clients, you would have no business. It's the same thing. It's the same relationship. Just different where I'm not out there pitching 
you know, just solds and expireds, I'm pitching, you know, agents who I want to come work for me. Your most important client are your agents. Yeah. 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 And so you have to just kind of build that personal relationship with each and every single one of them. And that's what I think what Ingle Volkers really prides himself on is our boutique shop concept, because we'll never have 100, 150 advisors who do this, do that. Like, you know, we'll always be a select number because we really want to have it almost like a, like, like a clubhouse type feel. Like we are the, the elite of the elite, let's say, or whatever you want to have it. Um, but we're a core group that's together. And we all kind of chose to take this ride together. And I think it's really, really important because, and that's why the, the main word in my shop is retention, because we never want to lose somebody else. We never want, we want them to think when another recruiter calls them or somebody else, why would I leave? This is the top tier anyway. You know, look, look at the support I get, look at the globalness we get, look at the brand, look at all these different things, you know, because people will always offer more money, you know, and money's important, yes. But there's been numerous studies that have been released that state, People buy people before they buy product any day. Mm. So if you have great leadership and if you have great things in place, people will be more opt to kind of say no to that 95-5 or 100% split or whatever else if you're providing value to them. So that's really, really important that we try and focus on. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense because you think about it, they're going to be more successful with that kind of support. And so they're going to make they're going to net a gain, even if they, you know, even if maybe there's more of a higher split in another office, they're going to be making more where they have more support. My daughter, she's, um, she's 22 and she's a real estate agent in LA. And she, same thing, like she just went from a Keller Williams shop to, um, one that is more high touch, like really mentoring her and, and helping her through it. And I have to say too, my husband was 19 when he got his license oh, cool. and yeah. his folks own the office and his grandpa also worked there, which you think like, Oh, well, lucky him. But really it just meant, um, we were married pretty young and immediately started working together. And it just meant that we had to work harder to find new people because his family knew everybody. <laughs> so everybody has their niche. I mean, some people are born in certain areas and they don't really have to work for new clients because they know everybody in the town. Some people are kind of like me where you move into a situation where you know nobody. So you have to either pay to play for leads or you have to go out and do this or whatever else. But I think the earlier in your career that you can find your niche, the more successful you're going to be. Because I think one of some, the biggest issues that young agents or anybody really has in business in general is they try to do too much. Mm. They try to throw the, you know, the whole entire like netting out and try to catch all the fish instead of focusing on four or five things that you do really, really, really well and focusing on that and really making a name for yourself in that specific niche. And so that's what we're trying to do as a brand here. But even that's what I tried to do whenever I first moved here, because I knew I wasn't going to meet everybody and everybody wasn't going to love me. But the clients who I could actually get in touch with and sit in front of and do these different things, I knew I could connect with them well enough to build that relationship. Because at the end of the day, this is a relationship business. Mm-hmm. Uh, the clients do not have to work with the with the agent because there's so much competition. Same thing goes with um, recruiting agents. And I have my advisors here. They don't have to work here. They can work for any other company here. And there's th- there's a hundreds or thousands of companies here that they could work for. But they've chose to come with me. And so I have to make sure that, that every single day I'm working to make sure that they're still wanting to work with me. And I think mm-hmm. that's really important. Yeah. Plus it makes it a lot more fun. I mean, if you're working in your strengths, you're, it's like, it doesn't feel like work anymore. You know, it's when you're struggling and like trying to force something, 
that's always when it it can maybe pose more challenges. It seems like and and not be as much fun, really. I mean, what's the old saying? If if you, if you find a, a job you you love, you never work a day in your life. So, that's right. I mean, that's kind of my whole philosophy, you know. And I I think what makes me successful is I'm obsessed with being successful, and I'm obsessed with making this company successful. Um, I think one of the biggest things that great leadership has is the leader of the team or whoever, they have to care the most. Mm. Nobody could ever care more about your company or your business or whatever, more than what you do. If they do, then that's an issue. Yeah. I work with my advisors all the time that I will never, I'll always carry care second most. I can never care more than you, but I will care second most about your business. And I think that means a lot because whenever I say that, I think they really believe it. Yeah. That's really, that's, that's very true. Well, I, you know, I believe that everyone has strengths and as a high achiever, such as yourself, it really speaks to the fact that you, you had to have leaned into those and um, those things that kind of set you apart and what I like to call superpowers. They're the things that really kind of set you and everyone's got them, I believe. Um, and again, it, those are the things that when we use the most, it feels the least like work. And you, we, you had uh, sent me a list of your super, your superpowers, and you identified one of your top as being how much you care and how the people around you uh, can really sense that. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Well, I think it's just like what I was just talking about is, you know, I, I think, you know, I think a great leader, one of the biggest things that they do is they listen. Um, and I make it very, very important every single day to listen to my advisors. And so whenever they tell me a story about one, two, three main street on Monday, on Wednesday, Thursday, when I see them next, Hey, how did one, two, three main street go? Did you figure that out? And they resonate with it. That it's like, Oh, he has so much going on. He has all these people, but yeah, he just remembered something that I told him. Mm. And so it's, it's that ability to just remember, listen and make people feel valuable. But also to me, it becomes, it's easy for me because I care. I want to know about one, two, three main street. I want to know what they're going through. I want to. And one of my advisors actually told me this the other day, and it was actually probably one of my most proudest moments to date so far of being open is they said, you know, Corey, I've never worked at a place where every single person can't wait to call you for something like it's good. That's happened to tell you, <laughs> but also every single person can't, you know, when something bad happens, calls you right away to see what you would do. You know? Oh, and that's so, awesome. Fantastic. And, and, and to me, it goes all the way back to our culture. Mm. Uh, and that's why it's so important to have the culture that we have because, you know, one bad apple can get into an office and, and create bad, bad things for people. Um, I always, I, I heard something one time that said, you know, if, if you are recruiting somebody or if you have someone on your team and you can't take a 20 minute drive with them, or you're dreading that, or if you're dreading sitting next to them at a dinner, then it's probably not the right culture you want to be with. And I can honestly say with pride that I would love to take a 20-minute drive with any one of my advisors or definitely have dinner or whatever. Um, and we actually do do a lot of really cool events together, which I think... Because you have to have a relationship outside the office as well. Um, you know, There's things that uh, my advisors have shared with me that I would never share with anybody else because that's the trust level that we have. You know, it could be personal, it could be business, it could be finances, it could be whatever. Um, but I need to, to, for them to trust me to come with anything and everything that because they know that I'm going to have their best interest. And it's not something you can fake. It takes time to build. But once you build it, you're building a lifelong relationship, which I think is really, really important, which all goes back to the whole point of everything we do, which is retention. Mm, yeah. 
That's awesome. And I I just wanted to say too, we've talked a bit about this and, and we'll move on to the next thing, but working hard and availability, you mentioned as your other two. So I think that that's, that is not only does it just sound good and it's really hip right now to say all those things. I think um, you can just really see it in the results you're getting that that makes a big difference. Yeah. I mean, I, the thing is, is, you know, opportunity comes whenever you typically least expect it. And I'm a very firm believer that, you know, I always tell people all the time, you know, it, in nervousness is when opportunity meets unpreparedness. Mm. And nervousness is when opportunity meets preparedness. So you, you said, what was the second? So yeah, t- say that one more time so I can hear it nice and clear. So nervousness is when uh, opportunity meets unpreparedness. Anxiousness is when opportunity meets preparedness. Because it's okay to be anxious. Like you might be anxious for a listing appointment because you know you're going to do such a great job at it because you know that you're so ready for it. But if you're nervous about something, then you start doubting yourself. And then you start doubting your ability. Where whenever you're anxious, you're not doubting anything. You're just ready because you're so ready for it. And I think one of the biggest, that's all goes back to the whole ability, availability thing. You know, you have to be ready for opportunity, especially in today's markets with so much competition everywhere. You really get one shot at a listing, one shot at a buyer, one shot at an agent, one shot at whoever. You have to just be ready for it. Um, You have to be ready and willing that whenever they call and say, hey, can you be here at noon? Yeah, I'll be there. What do you need me to do? Mm -hmm. And I think that goes a tremendous long way because if you're not ready, the next person will be. And in the consumer mind today, there's so much, I want it now, I want it now, give it to me, where if you tell them, you know what, I'm actually not available today. Can I give it to Can I talk to you on Friday? They're going to say, but I want to see it today. And this guy said he can do it. So never mind. Actually, never mind. Uh, so, I mean, obviously everybody's schedule is different, whatever else, but it's the whole mindset of, and that's why one of the biggest things we do whenever I, any new advisor comes with me is within the first week, we build them a full customized listing presentation and we save it all PDF. We build it together. We do everything together so that whenever they get the phone call that says, Hey, can you be here today at two? Yeah, no problem. What do you need? I'll be there. It's not, Hey, I have to actually go and build it and, do this and you know I don't have tools or I don't have this you know we have everything mainstream for them because you know if you're not ready then the next person will be well and I love that you're so committed to growth even with as you know as fast as your company's growing and as great as your uh, advisors are doing but what are one or two things that you struggle with today when it comes to growing sales <laughs> either on the ground with your advisors or in recruiting well I, I think well the issue that we will always have, uh, because there's never been an Ingle Bulkers here close to Jacksonville. The cl- next closest one is about 280 miles away. Um, and so our biggest weakness is brand awareness. It always will be. And it was whenever I opened, it is today, a year later, it will always be that. Because, you know, people don't always know who Ingle Bulkers is. And, you know, they don't always know that we're this huge global power and we're the, all these different things. And we have these great advisors and all this stuff. <coughs> So with that, you know, you have clients that have no idea who Ingle Bulkers are. You have, or you have people that, you know, are other agents who's like, who, who's that? You know, so that's, but I think the, the strongest thing that we have is we know our weakness and we're overcoming it every single day in the things that we do with different, either Facebook targeted ads or recruiting or doing all these different stuff to kind of just bridge that gap um, of brand awareness. I always say all the time, one of my biggest goals is for if one of my advisors are cold calling a listing and they say, hey, this is blank and blank with Ingle Volkers, 
the person's first comment isn't who's that. Mm. And so obviously that'll come with time. You know, like I said, we haven't been open a year yet, but we've had this great agent roster with all these different things. Um, but every single day, it's something we have to constantly work at and constantly remember. So I think that's really our true biggest weakness. But we kind of flip it sometimes to make it our biggest strength. Because mm-hmm. let's say you're a seller and you're interviewing with three Remax agents, two Keller agents, and whoever else, and then an Ingle Volker's agent or advisor. Even if you don't know the name, we already stand out different than you. Because you're like, oh, who was that? <laughs> and then with our presentation, our listing tools, our enhancements, our everything that we have driving for us, we already stand out from all these other companies because number one, they never heard of us. Number two, our presentation is going to be tremendous. And then we have systems in place to really enlighten these people who and what we are. And so it's a weakness, yes, but we try to use it as a strength as much as possible. But that'll always be what we kind of uphill battle with every single day. Well, and I think, you know, I'm trying to imagine someone listening to this who's like, well, what if I'm not an Ingle Volker's agent? And I think, you know, I think a really good takeaway is that at the end of the day, the way that your advisors show up is a pattern interrupt. And so kind of wherever anyone's at, they can, they can duplicate. I mean, obviously you guys have amazing tools and um, a lot of advantages going, but, but I'm hearing that that's the main thing is you basically come in and you interrupt that person's pattern. They've kind of lull, you know, been lulled into this trance by the same old thing. And then you walk in and it's, it's just new and fresh and yeah. fancy and awesome. And right. it makes sense probably. Yeah. I mean, well, I think regardless of whatever company you work for, find things that make you different and harp on those mm. because that's what we, that's one of the biggest things that we try and do um, is inside of our listing presentation, inside of our buyer consultation, anything is we want to understand, we want the consumer to understand why they need to pick us, me specifically, or whoever, because of X, Y, and Z that makes me different that no other agent here locally could do. And if that means either sales history, because you've won numerous sales awards, or you have these, you know, um, printed media pieces because you finished blank and blank in the city or whatever else, or, you know, you're a five-star agent here, you're certified here, you, whatever makes you different. Because the other thing is, even if you think it's the smallest thing, not every agent has it. And so, you know, that's one thing that makes you different from somebody else. And then it's just about how you sell yourself to the consumer. Because, and I think that also, I hear all the time that real estate's not a sales industry. And I'm like, it's just the craziest <laughs> thing to me because find another, find another company, find another industry that a complete stranger walks into a complete stranger's house and, sh- and shows a complete stranger. Like I, I just, I, it doesn't make sense <laughs> to think about real estate, how it actually breaks down. Um, but I think a great salesperson or a great real estate agent can sell themselves more than anything. And I think that would be my biggest um, advice to a young agent or a young somebody who's trying to make their name in this industry. Find five, six, seven, how many you can find things that make you different and tell everybody. Um, I'm obsessed with Ryan Serhant. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. I almost never bring it up because I feel like a total geek, but it's like, have you read so like Serhant? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a hardcore <laughs> crush on him. Um, because so do you... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I watch his vlogs. I watch his. I read his book. I mean, the way that he just talks, 
is just like breathtaking sometimes because, you know, he's so smart with the little things he says. And um, my other advice would be somebody young is find somebody who influences you and follow a little bit what they do. Um, because I'm really, really big on the Sirhan balls in the air whole idea. I'm really big on the whole, every single thing that Sirhan does, he always says yell from the mountaintops because if you don't promote yourself, nobody else will. And that's why he has all these shows. He has Instagram, he has this, he has that. But in the local market, you can do that too. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you won't have the Bravo cameras following you around. But you know, if you sell a great home at a great price, tell everybody, put it on your social media, tell it to this, that. Because once again, nobody else has done it. And so you have to create that gap of what makes you different so that the next person that you go interview with, you leave and they say, we got to go with that person. That, that guy or that lady is really, really good because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what company you work for, but it's all about mind state. And it's all about finding the differences in yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. And I think too, when you, um, I, you know, and just to kind of add on and, and correct me if I'm wrong, and, but it seems too like if someone's struggling to, especially when you're new, you don't always have that kind of grasp on yourself and yeah. self-awareness to go like, what am I good at? Look at your weaknesses. What is the other side of that same coin? And because I always say like, you know, your strengths and your weaknesses, it's the same coin. So. No, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I think, I mean, in this industry, you know, it's funny because whenever I first started here locally, I was 23 and I was the youngest in my office by 15 years, right? <laughs> There's only 4,000 agents here. You know, I was this young guy and this and that, and there was all this different stuff. But now you have 11,000 agents here and you have these people who are dropping out of college to come and be a real estate agent. You have all these young people, 19, 20, 21 year olds who want to be a real estate agent. And I think the common misconception is, oh, I'm going to get rich quick. I got to sell two or three homes. It's all I need to do. 100% commission, blah, 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 all this stuff. But I think that HGTV and all these TV shows really blind us because they don't actually see the hard work that you go in every single day. And I, and I think one of the biggest misconceptions that some people do is they try to do this in business part-time. Hmm. It is impossible. Like you cannot do this and be successful part time. You have to treat this job. You know, one of the biggest things that people say is, "I want to get in real estate because I want to make my own schedule. I want to be my own boss." All this stuff. But if you're not treating this job as a forty-hour work week, eighty-hour week, week some weeks, then you're not going to be successful. Yeah. So I think expectations are really, really important in this industry. And I think work ethic. I mean, and it all goes back to availability on. Saturday at 2 p.m. on a beautiful day outside, guess where you need to be? Showing up at uh, having, having an open house for a big agent that has a listing or showing property. Because the best, the thing that people don't understand about this industry is we're people service first, which means you have to be available when everybody else is, which mm-hmm. means late at nights during the week, during the weekend, and holidays. If you're not working those days, you better make your schedule accordingly, yeah. right? <laughs> you make your own schedule in this industry, but it's probably going to be like you might have like a Monday off. <laughs> yeah. You're not having Sunday and Saturdays off. Like I learned at a young age that if you're not busy on the weekend, then you're not making money. It's as right. simple as that. Um, okay. That, oh, go right? ahead. That was oh, just I was just going to say, I feel like I could just talk to you all day and we, we very well could. So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and I have a rapid fire. So okay. I'm going to, I'm going to say some names, say, say some words and you briefly tell me your favorite tool, person or whatever appropriate response um, that you have, or you can say pass if you don't want to answer. Yeah. Right. So, okay. The first one, time blocking. Important. 
Uh, what tool? So important. What was the other one? What was the tool? What tool do you use for time blocking? A calendar. I, I actually use the, the old calendar with like the... My On weeks paper? Before. Yeah. By, oh, like a day timer. <laughs> yeah, a day timer. I have it right next to my desk. I use Google Calendar some, but my most important one is right next to my desk. I write every single thing I'm doing from hour to hour. Um, it's, I learned in a young, long time that if you can day block, it's really, really, really important. Very good. Favorite technology? Online leads. Online leads? What, what program? Um, I mean, is that, is that Trulia, um, river.com, really anything. Um, it's because 91% of today of buyers today are starting out online. So if you're not paying to play in some shape, form or fashion of online leads, then you're already losing, or you have to work for a company like Ingle Volkers that offers the highest level of syndications that you actually don't have to play to pay, but you're getting the leads off of your own listings. But you have to have some shape or form because you have to meet new clients every single day in some sort of prospecting. Okay. CRM. Um, pass. Okay. <laughs> Sales pipeline management. Find something that works. I mean, there's so many different platforms out there that I've used. I mean, I've used Top Producer. I've used Boomtown. I use, you know, Resort. I've used all. Find something you like and stick to it. You know, one of the biggest things that I talked about as a team is, um, once again, have the systematic approach, but do it every single day. Mm. So don't just think, don't do it for a week and expect to get rich. Don't do it for a month, and expect to get rich. Do it for 10 months, 12 months, 14 months, 18 months, and really focus on putting the systems in place and doing it every single day the exact same. Okay. So whatever, whatever one you use is the best one. Yeah. Find one that you like the interface, find one that you like the systems, find one that you like the customizations for and stick to it. Okay. Don't and then how about transaction management? Transaction coordinator. <laughs> Very good. Because I get, I get a person more often than anything. <laughs> That's the thing. You have to be doing money-making activities. Paperwork is not money-making activities, even though you everybody thinks it is. It's not. Being in front of people, showing property, being available for these things, those are money-making activities, not making sure that the contract has the initials on line 127. Right. 200 bucks, 300 bucks a transaction, have them do everything for you. Your time, your, your time, your schedule, your life, everything. Because at the same time, you have to have the work-life balance. Mm-hmm. And I find it that a lot of the big people, you're, you're probably you're between eight to 10 million-ish and you're getting really, really busy. And at night you're doing contracts on this different stuff. It's impossible for you to grow without a great transactional person behind you. Because the time when you're doing paperwork, the other times you could be doing listing presentations. So always, always, always get a transaction coordinator. Just like, uh, just like in real estate, highest and best use is not spent it's making important. sure all the initials are there. How about your favorite book? So I like Sirhan. All right. Love it. So, okay. I have to, I know, I feel like um, we're running kind of long, but so hopefully everybody's sticking with us, but I think this is super interesting. But tell me, I have to ask, do you have, um, oh, what's the... Um, improv. Do you do improv with your team? Uh, no, not really. To no. Be okay. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm searching for someone who does that. Cause I've never heard of anyone implementing that within their sales team. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it'd be extremely important because one of the biggest things you have to be in this industry, you have to put on your feet. Um, mm-hmm. and whenever you, um, and freeze and do these different things, that's other times that people are starting to lose interest in what you're saying. So I think it's vital. Um, but I think, 
there's other forms of doing it other than improv. And, you know, it just kind of depends on your background and different things that you do. But I mean, I think it's important because one of the biggest things, like I said, you have to answer objections quickly on your feet. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Okay. So I got a little sidetracked on that, but, um, so who was your overall mentor? Doesn't have to be real estate, but just in general, who is, who is a mentor to you? Um, I mean, I have a bunch. I mean, I think Frank Solich was my head coach at Ohio university. He was somebody that I really looked up to. Um, you know, obviously, um, my parents, my mom was in real estate, my mom's a real estate broker. Um, and so, you know, being able to be around real estate, my father-in-law is a huge commercial developer. And so being around him and in different, it's funny because how different families are, you know, where I grew up, at the dinner table, we're talking about sports, you know, because our sports was important. You know, my dad was a two-time athlete, Louisville. My brother was athletic. I was athletic, obviously. Um, but in my other side of the family, on my wife's side, you know, it's all business. You know, what do you think? What would you do about this? Or this is the deal I'm doing here, this and that. So it's just crazy how different families can be. But um, I mean, it's really, really important to just have somebody that you can bounce ideas off of. But um, I would probably say either my head coach or father-in-law or any number of people. <laughs> How about real estate teacher or coach? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I, I don't know. Pass. Okay. <laughs> I don't really okay. have a certain person. So like my thing is I'm very, very big into learning, not on my own, but I mean, I, I think to be honest with you, I learn a lot from watching Ryan. Um, vlogs and how he handles things. I learned a lot from Frederick Eklund from Off Listening Again. I read his book twice. <laughs> um, but just watching how, and that's what I love about the show. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's scripted. Yes, it's this and that. But what at the same time is they're still answering objections same time that they're watching. And I honestly learned a lot off that show <laughs> whenever I first started because they say a great salesperson, the difference between a great salesperson and a salesperson is one or two words. How do they emphasize this? How do they emphasize that? You know, how do they handle this objection just a little bit quicker and a little bit better than what you do? Because there's a big difference in saying, this TV is the best thing in the world. (laughs) You just channeled, (laughs) (laughs) Knowing what kind of connects with people and it's excitement. I mean, people will buy people before they buy product every day. And you have to be able to, if people believe in you and they believe in that you like the product, and they'll do it. But if you're out there monotone, this and that, you know, we're going to lose interest in you. And I think I learned that from the TV shows and vlogs and doing a lot of different stuff, just watching people. Okay. Well, okay. I have one more. Well, actually I have two more questions, but the last one related to this, is there a ritual or rituals that you have for your day that you feel really set you up for daily success? Yeah, I <laughs> I drink a lot of coffee. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I start I stop and get my coffee every morning. Um, and it's not so much that the coffee; it's more or less just like a routine. Like I love getting to the office early, getting my coffee, being able to like kind of use that as like the energy boost that I have. Even though re- realistically, I'm just probably amped up as it is. But um, for me, it's just like a whole mind state. Like if I know I'm going to a big meeting, or if I know I'm going to whatever, I'll just stop and get a coffee. I'll take a deep breath kind of use that drive over talking over what I want to talk over or whatever else. Um, and it's that time that I have in the morning really just allows me to set my whole entire day up, which is important for me. Well, that's awesome. Well, is there anything that I haven't asked that maybe I should have that you want to share with everyone? Uh, I mean, not really. I mean, I, I think the biggest thing is if, no matter what field, whatever industry, whatever else you're in, I think if you believe in yourself, you can do anything. Um, 
because, you know, in the world that we live in, there's so much negative. And so you have to really focus on being positive and focusing on the next deal because, you know, it's crazy because real estate, yeah, it's great. It's great. This, whatever, but our whole livelihood is dependent on one person or multiple saying yes. Mm-hmm. You can work your butt off for all of your clients. You can show the best properties in the world. You can show your buyer 80 properties, but they still have to say yes to one of them for you to get paid. Same thing with the sell. You can have the best listing presentation. You can do everything you want to do. You can price it the way you want it to, but you still have to have a buyer say yes on your property. And so I think a lot of times what a lot of young agents and people do is they get so down about a contract that fell through, a, a, a listing that they lost. And the, the time that they're focusing on the property they just lost, they just lost two more deals, three more deals, because they let it affect them. Ryan says it better than anybody. It's always about what's next. And if you can kind of focus on you know, the next day, every day is different, the next process, everything, it really will allow you to really focus and set yourself up for success, I think. That's awesome. Okay, so this really is the last question. I am a huge foodie and you know, Breakaway Agent is actually this is season 2, I think I told you before and but I did a podcast previously called Chat and Grow where I interviewed marketing people, you know, Neil Patel and a bunch of people. Um and I've never ended a podcast without this question. <laughs> what is your favorite dish and where do you get it? Ooh, that's tough. Um That's a great question. Um, I would probably say there's a place here locally that has a fantastic like tuna filet, um, like a sesame tuna with like this like burnt uh, spinach over rice and beans. And it's really, really good. Um, and so I'm, I'm a big kind of health eater type of person. Um, but this tuna is unbelievable. We <laughs> the beach, so it's kind of fresh. And um, yeah, it's, it's really good. It's a place called Ragtime over here in Atlantic Beach that I like to go to a lot. Um, and it's always quality. That's awesome. Well, that is so great. Well, Corey, thank you so much for being a part of this. You gave us some really good takeaways. And I think too, whether someone's leading a team or is wanting to be on a successful team, I think that there was a lot that you shared that would be really helpful. So thank you. I hope so. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And thanks to everyone who's listening. You are so important to us. So be sure to comment and let us know that you're here and any feedback that you have. I'd also like a shout out to the OMH agency production team, Taylor. Thank you so much. And our post-production audio guy, Alex. And remember, the best is yet to come.